0: Letter number 19 out of 32. Everything is by divine providence. And I could not make up when we learn what we learn. But Hashem always arranges it that it's incredible. Today we stand between Lagba Omer and Shavuot. Both days of incredible significance for the Jewish people. Shavuot, we received the Torah. God revealed himself to the Jewish people for the first time. And the only time, essentially, that it was mass revelation. And we received the Torah. We became a new people. On Lag Baomer, we received the inner dimension of the Torah. Pnei Torah, torah Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who was the hero of Lagba Baomer, passed away on this day, and he is the father of what we know today as the Zohar. And in effect, all of Kabbalah and Hasidism, which followed it. And fascinatingly, in this letter, letter 19, we're going to get an analysis a comparative analysis of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai versus Moshe Rabenu, And the way I want to frame it is the following. Human beings process the world around us in two ways. I'm simplifying it. I'm sure there are many ways. But for the purposes of this discussion, there are two ways that we process information. One is through our eyes. We see We see things and they accumulate in our brain. We can see text in a book, we can see images, art, we can see experiences, but it's through the eyes. The other way is through the brain, where we learn information and we process it through understanding. And what's the difference between what I see and what I understand. Is there a difference between what I see and what I understand? Well, of course there is. There's a fundamental difference that as humans we know, when you see something, nobody can tell you it didn't happen. You watched something take place in front of you, nobody can undo that. But you were taught something, well, somebody can easily undo that. They tell you the premises were wrong, you were taught wrong, let me teach you how it really is. But seeing is the ultimate believing. That's the, let's call it the simpler difference. But here in this letter, the Alter Rebbe takes us to more of a mystical, let's call it a metaphysical difference between seeing and understanding. And he says, if you see something, that means simultaneously that the object that you're seeing has allowed itself to be seen. It has the property that allows it to be seen. It has to be seeable, let's call it. If you see something, it has to be seeable. If something's invisible, something's blocked, you won't see it because it's not seeable in your reality. Visible is the proper English word, right? Yeah. Versus understanding information. That information doesn't have to enter your realm of reality in order for you to reach it with your understanding. You can seek information through understanding. You can go out of your space and look and search till you find that which you want to understand. In Kabbalistic form, sight is a top-down experience. Understanding is a bottom-up experience. If you see something, one thing's for sure. That thing is in your sphere of reality, because you can observe it. That means it's in your realm. If you understand something, it doesn't necessarily mean that. You may have walked out of your circle, out of your comfort zone, and reached whatever it is you were looking for through your own search. And the interesting thing about that is that while nothing will ever show itself to you in the realm of academics, you can uncover deeper and deeper layers according to whatever level you want to search. Because you determine. Understanding happens on your terms. Seeing something happens on its terms. The Altaira makes a fascinating observation. Hebrew is the ultimate holy language. Every word carries intense meaning. And he says that the words for seeing and understanding communicate the idea. Seeing, if you look in the Hebrew text, in the Torah, whenever we have a verb, appear, like famously, Vayerah elav Hashem. Hashem appeared to Avraham. If you look in the Targum, which is the Aramaic translation of the entire Torah, the Targum on the words V'yairah is V'it Gele. He was revealed. See, appearance, seeing, is about the higher entity revealing itself to the lower entity, allowing itself to be seen by the lower. The word for understanding or comprehending in Hebrew is hasagah. Hasaga literally means to reach. The process of understanding means me reaching out so I can grasp onto those things that I'm looking to understand. Appearance, something is coming down to me. Understanding, I'm reaching out to it. Which is Greater. Which experience is greater? To see something and internalize it that way, or to understand and internalize it that way? I'm curious if there's any thoughts. To understand. Huh? To understand. to understand is greater. Why? I mean, it's, so there's a dimension of <coughs> internalization that goes beyond just kind of getting, you know, going into your brain, you then have to mm, do process, deeper. process Right. Yeah. Sight just comes at you. Process, uh, understanding a, as a I mean, process said you know and understanding it's when you look from the bottom up it's like you're participating yes in the process right but seeing it it's just happening in front of you mm-hmm. absolutely you got something yeah not to get too technical but okay what you said sort of the beginning, like when we see something we actually don't see the thing we see light that's reflecting off of mm-hmm. it So we're only processing light and we're always and it's our brain that brings that allows us to see, it's not our eye, our eye just sends the information. In our brain, and we're always acting on it, I right? If you're dyslexic, you're going to see something differently, if you're colorblind, you're going to see something differently, and that can go deeper and deeper than just those two specific things. So, even always, seeing, you're saying just kind of get to the yeah, brain, there's a German word to gestalt like, like everything that comes into our senses, we're. Putting our own imprint on mm. it as our brain starts to interpret it's it. True. So we're processing and it becomes our unique experience. So we so can in see that the way, same thing, but we can see two different things. Right. So, we can both observe something happen and we have a different translation of it or interpretation. That's very true. And then, well, but there's also, uh, we can get involved this too. When, when you initially see something before you start. Bringing the brain and trying to interpret and understand it, which is bringing in your biases, you're bringing in your history, you're bringing in past ah. experiences with it. So there's something very pure about seeing something in its initial state. He's onto something there. because That's true. If you're understanding, you've already put your bias into it. It's true that after you see something, you will also put your bias on that. But in the moment of sight, there's something very deep, something very pure. I like that word. Something very pure about seeing. The case can be made for both, okay? There's always, that's always how it works in these things. If I wanted to be on team seeing, I would come up with the depth of seeing. If I wanted to be on team understanding, I'd be on that team. In this letter, the author says, for his discussion, he says, seeing is deeper, but understanding can reach higher. Which means, the way something you see will be seared into your identity, nothing can compare with that. You watch it happen. You watch something explode right in front of you. Or you watch beauty come into bloom in front of you. It does something to your soul that no amount of reading about it on Wikipedia or understanding the texts can do it for you. It doesn't. You have to watch it. On the other hand, because seeing only taps into that which is visible, there's a limitation. There's a, there's a, there's a cap on how much you can see. When you're talking about understanding, because you're leaving your space, the idea or the process of understanding allows for you to reach way higher than a visible experience can. So that's the way, he doesn't put it in those words, but I'm paraphrasing. Seeing goes deeper into the soul. Understanding, however, can reach higher levels. And now he puts in what I told you before, the, uh, the comparative analysis of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai versus Moshe Rabbein. Who was greater? Moshe Rabbeinu, or Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu. He goes, Moshe Rabbeinu. Obviously. Why? <laughs> There's reasons. never been a prophet like Moshe Rabbeinu. That's true. The Altair quotes that verse. Lokam Navi od ki Moshe. There was no greater prophet ever. In fact, the Rambam writes, even Mashiach is not going to be greater than Moshe Rabbeinu in terms of prophecy. He'll be greater in terms of wisdom, but not in terms of prophecy. So that's huge. What else? He got the Torah. Moshe Talked to he talk shepherd. to God. panim el panim. Uh-huh. You want to hear something fascinating? I mean, that, that, that is the, 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 the knee-jerk reaction, that Moshe Rabbeinu was greater. The Arizal writes, ready for some Kabbalah? Yeah, but we're going to translate it. Here's what he says. Moshe comprehended different attributes, different sefirot. Different divine expressions of Hashem. But every attribute has a Primiyut and a chitzoniyut. I'm gonna elaborate on this in a second. It has a face and a back, an inside and an outside. Up to a certain level, Moshe Rabbeinu comprehended primiyut. He got the inner dimensions of all the lower attributes of God. But higher than Netzach. Okay, we know from Sfriatha Omar now, we're counting every, day, every week is a different Sefirah, Chesed and Chesed, Chesed and Givura. Is Chesed Givura Tiferet, Netzach, Hod, Yesod, Malchut. We discussed them at length in letter 15, four weeks ago. Higher than Netzach, Moshe Rabbeinu comprehended only external, nothing internal. Only Chitzoniyut, no Pnimiyut. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai delivered discourses, expounded upon, gave us detailed imagery and information about levels of Pnimiyut way beyond Netzach. He climbed up the ladder to what's called chokhmah the highest divine expression, Keter, the divine crown. We'll get into more of this soon. But he experienced Primiut at levels way higher than Moshe Rabbeinu. How do you resolve that? Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest prophet. Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah from Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu was the source of all of Torah as we know it. And yet the Arizal writes, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai had comprehension of inner dimensions of levels in divinity so sublime that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have a comprehension of those levels. How do we make sense of that? But, But Moses saw Hashem. Oh, says the Alter Rebbe. That's exactly the difference between seeing and understanding. What is Prophecy. Many people have a mistaken concept because Islam has its influences in our society. People think prophecy is about Hashem needed to send the message to the world, so he chooses a guy, that's a good guy, sends the message, he becomes the messenger. In Jewish literature, the Rambam describes it at length. In his book, in the Guide to the Perplexed, but also in the book of Mishnah Torah, which we're learning in the mornings now. And we just spent a couple of days on prophecy. He defines prophecy as the highest level of human achievement. A person can refine himself to the point that he merits communication with God. Even if there is no message. In fact, the Rambam writes, most of the prophecies delivered by God never got passed on to the people. We have a couple of books, 19 books of prophets and writings, a couple of prophets that we know that their message lasts for eternity. Most prophecy, most divine communication with the human being did not get recorded because it's simply a human experience between him and God. He reached the highest levels of worship and therefore he he merited to these levels. Prophecy is a personal experience of seeing God. So the Altar Rebbe says, Moshe Rabbeinu saw God. But you can only see. Remember from the earlier conversation, you can only see that which is seeable. You can only see that which is visible. In the hierarchy of Hashem's expressions, only the lowest element of the chain, from Netzach and down, it's called in Kabbalah, the outer Sefirot, are able to be experienced with the power of a vision are able to be seared into a person's identity like things that we see in the physical world. Levels beyond that cannot be seen. Doesn't matter how great of a person you are. They're not seeable. They don't lend themselves to the experience of being observed and internalized like something that's seen. So Moshe Rabbeinu, who stood for, he was the epitome of prophecy he reached the epitome of what prophecy can reach. He saw all that's possible to see. But no more. Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai did not merit to see. He wasn't a seer. He didn't have prophecy to that level. But he did have, and only had, the capacity of understanding. When you're left in the dark with the capacity of understanding, you can actually reach higher than when the light is turned on. Al doesn't say it here. but There's an incredible observation that he makes, and I'm going to get to the questions. It's an incredible observation that he makes. He says, if you look in Torah literature development, the earlier the sage, the more terse his wording. The later the sage, the more verbose, the more expanded, the more lengthy their commentaries are. Mishnah, the beginning of all of the oral Torah in its written form, is cryptic shorthand. The Talmud, 2,700 pages. The commentary on the Talmud, books and libraries. What happened? People got smarter over the ages and in the earlier days they were only able to speak in two lines and we developed the capacity of speech and, and, and commentary. It's so the Alter Eb, actually, in a different place, not in here, but he has a discourse where he says, the difference between the earlier generations and the later is the difference between a, dark, a room where the light is turned on and a dark room. When you walk into a room where the light's turned on, you just go straight to the door, wherever you need to go. So your mind doesn't always take in all the furniture, all the detail, all the intricacy, because you're on the way, you see where you need to go, the light's on, the door's open, you walk out. But if you come in and it's dark, and now you have to get out, you're going to be groping around, bumping into things, touching, 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 oh, there's an opening, nope, it's a window. Okay, try again, da 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 This one's a door, but it's the door that goes deeper in. No, got to come out. Next, you're you're tapping, tapping, tapping. And by the time you get out, you've tapped around every single part of that room. You know and identified every single part in the room. And finally, you got out. So you walk out with a much more rich understanding of the details, of the sophistication of that room. But you don't have the clarity that that the light brings. So in the Mishnah, they had the light of Torah. The light was shining in front of the sages. They came into the Torah, they saw the room, they walked out, they said their thing, and they went out. In the Gemara, they had to bump into walls. Is this the meaning? No, you got a contradiction. Is that it? No, also not a window. Boom, Till you finally get to the conclusion, and by that time, you've uncovered and dissected so much of what there is, and therefore, you becomes more lengthy. Your commentary becomes more lengthy, not because you have more enlightenment, but because, but because you have more darkness. Darkness lends itself to a different opportunity, opportunity of the brain to examine. So Moshe Rabbeinu saw. He was seeing the light. No time to be distracted by the furniture, but since he was only seeing, he could only see that which he could see. Shimon Bar Yochai was in the dark in that sense, but he was able to reach, because of that, with his power of understanding and intellect, much, much higher. The Altar Abbeinu makes the point that, of course, even when you see Everything with Hashem, it's, it's compacted into the sight. Which means even if higher levels are not visible, but they are contained there. I'm by Yochai didn't come up with new stuff. Moshe Rabbeinu gave us the Torah. Everything is, everything is there for he who can look. But as to what did he see? He only saw the rear, not the front. Not the inner dimension. I'm by Yochai got to see the inner dimension of some things. Yeah, let's take some questions. That's it. right. Yeah. The Altar does mention that verse. Yeah. Hashem said, achorai, upanai lo You see my back, not my front. I forgot about that. The Altar says, yeah, that's exactly the meaning. Because you're seeing, you'll only see the back. You cannot, the front is not visible. It doesn't go into that reality of sight. That's the first part of the letter. So who's greater? Moshe or Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai? Both. Moshe is deeper. Rabbi Bar Yochai can access higher. If I had to ask you, though, who should be the one to give us the Torah? Should the Torah come, come to the world through a prophet who can see, but can only see, limitation? Or to a wise man who understands, but can access much higher levels? Well, we know who gave the Torah. Moshe gave the Torah. But I want to unpack the question for a minute. The Alt spends considerable time talking about how Torah is also a fusion. Like Hashem, there's an inside and an outside, a front and a back. Torah also is a fusion. On the outside, it looks like, and it is, a manual for Jewish life. It has our story as a people. And then it has the 613 mitzvahs as they were interpreted by the sages. Judaism becomes an action-oriented religion. Do the mitzvah. This world is all about the deed. We say hayom la sotam. There is no reward for mitzvahs in this world. Today is the world of action. Reward comes later. It says if a person learns without the intention to act on it, he may as well never have been born in the Talmud. So action is, is super paramount. But that's the outside of Torah. The fact that it's contained by our world is the biggest proof that it's the outer dimension. That's the part we can relate to. At the same time, Torah carries tremendous primiyut. Torah has tremendous depth that we cannot ever hope to grasp with the human mind. And Al-Turabi gives several examples. He says, first, when it comes to mitzvahs, we look for significance and reason in each of the mitzvahs. But even the reasons that we can come up with never cover the specifics of the mitzvah. So while I may have a reason for it. You know, you always hear it binds the, the, the heart and the mind and its submission, but that doesn't explain why they're black and why they're square and why there's four compartments and why they have to be this color and that shape. So the moment we go from the generality to the specifics, we're already lost. Even where we do have some insight into the specifics, and we do, that doesn't either cover the purity of the entirety of the mitzvah. At the end of the day, mitzvahs remain completely beyond our grasp. They're to be understood as Hashem's will. When you have a will for something, nothing gets in your way. It's illogical sometimes. It's be, or let's call it beyond logic. With us, it's illogical. It's below logic. With God, His will is beyond logic. So it totally transcends the world of academics, the world of our brain, totally beyond that. That's, that's the pmiut of the mitzvah. It's the part that we can never hope to understand. He says, Every story in the Torah, Every conversation in the Torah, it looks like it's just a story between two people or between God and man. Each one has layers upon layers that we can never plumb its depths fully. Physically, even if you look in the Torah scroll, there are many times where words are written one way but pronounced another way. The pronunciation is the logical, outer part of the Torah. The written word sometimes doesn't even make any sense. If you look the way it's written in Hebrew, it does not read, it doesn't translate. That's a physical indication, a physical manifestation of the fact that in the Torah there are levels that we can never hope to reach with our brains. They, don't, they actually don't compute. They don't make sense, grammatically. You ever go up to the Torah, get called for an Aliyah, you see a, a big letter sometimes? Like some letters are enlarged. In the Shema, for example, the Ayin is big, the Dalit is big. Big letters says the Zohar come from the big world. The supernal world, the world beyond logic. So all these indications that um, there's a divine light way beyond the brain so in the Torah. We, don't know why those letters we have some, some reasons sometimes, but in the end, that's what the Zohar says, it's, it's big letters from the big world because it's, it's beyond us. So even observing, as a simple observer, you look at the Torah, you see there's layers here that I can never access. There's a, there's a huge primiyot. I get only the external, peripheral, outside layer of the Torah. Like people try to explain kashrut, like the reasons why. It's right, pathetic. a healthy it's like diet. It's like theoretical, of course. The it's day. just it's it's only suggestions, yeah. and it never gets to the full depth, and it doesn't extend. It doesn't even begin to explain the specifics. So, Torah has this, this two parts, and the two parts are hugely disconnected from one another. The part of Hashem's wisdom that He allows for us, pea-brained, you know, small creatures to understand is nothing compared to his divine wisdom and the truth of what the Torah might be. The Altair says, even physically consider the fact that a human being has so many levels. You have the way you think, the way you feel, when you, when you actually think some, something, not, not the way you think, just when, when you actually have a thought, a speech, an action, all these levels, one so much distant from the other. How much of your soul is invested in the way you think? Much more than in the way you feel, much more than in the way you speak, and much more than when you're doing something with your hands. The author says, imagine if a, a completely wise man was occupied with fixing something physical. Like, you know, if Einstein was fixing his lock. How much of Einstein's greatness is in that lock? Nothing. It's just Einstein is, is, is changing the universe with his mind. And here he's, you know, changing, taking out a flat tire from his car." Maaseh, the level of action, is so far removed from sechel that it's unbelievable. And that's, and that's in the human. Now, take the finite to the infinite. Hashem allowed some of the Torah to be understood by us. And I say the truth of Torah is in God's will. How far is that real truth from, the, from what we have? It's infinitely distant. There's actually, to this letter, there's an addendum. It's kind of rare. But in the Tanya, there's like another paragraph at the end of the letter that seems to have been added Later. And it's another, he gives another illustration for this concept. He says, letters are the means by which we communicate information. We even think in letters. But um, you have physical letters. They're written on, on the Torah scroll. They're the truest letters. He doesn't give an example of letters in a book because letters in the Torah are, are real letters. Letters of English are just made up by people. Then you have letters that you speak and letters that you think with. We don't realize when we think, we think... We use letters too, when you think of an idea, there's, they're coming to you in letters, you may not be paying attention to what the letters are, but they're, they're forming in those ways. When you speak, it's being fed by the letters in your thought. That's why you can't speak before you think. And the author says, even though some people do speak without thinking, and we can dive in sometimes without thinking, you know, we just say the words off because we know them by heart, but that's because you've thought them so many times before. So ultimately, words that you speak have to be fed by thought. Even if you're saying them now naturally, there was a time when they were processed in your brain. And again there, he makes the point of the distance. The distance between a spoken word or a written word and the level of thought is huge. It's only the outer part of the letter in your thought that's coming into speech. Certainly not the inner dimension. And again, same thing. So when we draw the spectrum greater from finite to infinite, it's just huge for Hashem to create the world, for Hashem to let us know something in the world. There's a huge reduction for Him. It's a huge contraction. So Torah has these two parts. Torah has the the pnimiyut um, and the chitzoniyut. Says the Alter Rebbe, you would think then that the people who have access to pnimiyut should be the ones to give the Torah. The transmission of the Torah should have come through Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, a person who had it all in his brain. Yet we find that Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who gave the Torah. Why? Because this world is an outside world. Because this world does not function on the primiyuth level. It's most befitting that the Torah comes from he who had the ultimate experience with with that which we could relate to. Moshe Rabbeinu may not have understood all the great levels because he had so much light. But when he had the light, he had that external dimension fully. Since the whole Torah for us is an external experience, it's most befitting that Moshe gave us the Torah. Comment? Yes. So maybe I'm not grasping. I understand what you're saying. Maybe this is a, not a deep observation, but isn't the sequencing here important? It don't you get up that ladder of understanding by standing on the shoulders of someone Yes. read the original text and then you have the luxury of being able to build people? Of course. So to me, it's the one that builds upon the other. You needed the Torah in order to investigate and learn and be closer to God. Without it, yes. you may not have gotten there. So Absolute. it's a sequencing thing. Absolutely. Of course. And the idea, but... but So the, that's why you couldn't be the guy delivering it. You in order to find out the letter. Yeah, I don't think the question... That's a good point, and so let me rephrase it. It's not so much who is more befitting, but which concept matches the Torah more. Did Moshe, an enlightened man, have to give the Torah, or should it have been a man who didn't have maybe access to the light, only access to that level of academics, which could potentially reach higher, and then transmit it? So while you would think it's the information, the Altar Rebbe says, yeah, but what Moshe Rabbeinu had, he saw. And seeing does something forevermore, it's way beyond what any understanding can reach. Now, the Al-Turba doesn't conclude the letter. In fact, the Al-Turba's grandson writes that there must be a missing part because like every letter in this series, he begins with a, a quote from a verse. Typically, he comes back to explain it. He doesn't come to explain it here. The verse begins, Oteh or kasalma. We say it when we wrap ourselves in the Talit. Oteh or kasalma literally means God girded himself with light like a cloak. But in the Hasidic sense, the Alter grandson says, I think what my, my grandfather meant in starting off this letter this way is that Hashem cloaked, he cloaked the light with a cloak. or in Hebrew grammar could mean I wrap myself in light, but it could also mean I wrap up the light. Hashem wrapped up every light with a cloak. The inside of everything is divine light. Pure, infinite, godly experience. The outside is the cloak which we observe. We only have the outside. But there is an inside. Like Mike was just saying, the whole idea is that it's a ladder. Moshe Rabbeinu saw the light. He didn't, because of that, he didn't have access to all the great levels. But it was all contained within the Torah. Once he handed that to us, now we have to do the unpacking. in fact, The very first word, it's not in the letter, but I think it's coming up to Shavuot very appropriate. The very first word of the Ten Commandments is Anochi. Anochi Hashem Olokecha, I am Hashem your God. The Talmud says, Anochi is the acronym for the words Ana, Nafshi, Ktavit Yehavit. I myself wrote it and gave it. And it means that Hashem gave us the Torah. But the Hasidic twist on this is, not I myself wrote it and gave it. I wrote myself into the Torah which I gave. More than laws that we received at Sinai, we received God. In fact, most of the Ten Commandments were already given before the Ten Commandments. People don't know that. But the commandment to honor parents was given before, the commandment to keep Shabbat was given before, not murdering, committing adultery, and all these things are part of the seven Noahide laws. What was the big tumult about the giving of the Torah? We got Hashem. So while we already had the outside of the Torah and that came down to us in its fullest sense, but hidden inside was the innermost depths, the potential. To now take that, unpack it, and climb the ladder to reach anochi, to reach that that level of of, of godliness. I believe the Rebbe alluded to it. He had a campaign that every Jew should come hear the Ten Commandments. Even newborn babies. Bring everyone to Shol and Shavuot. Why? Because that anochi, that inner dimension of God, every Jew has access to. If it's the outer dimension of the Torah, the understanding, well, I understand better than you, you understand better than me, we have different uh, past experiences, this, the way our brains work, maybe I should learn more Torah, you should listen to more Torah. But the Anochi, everybody's equal. Men, women, children, newborns, everybody should come to shul to hear the Anochi, because that's the Anochi which they have a right to. That's the Anochi which the core of their soul is connected to. And that's the Anochi which we have to all reach in our service of Hashem. Moshe saw it all for us. He saw it. Now we have to carry it down into our brains. And with our brains, even in our darkness, we may ascend ladders to new heights never seen before.